This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1. Hey, guys, you want to be entertained? Do you want to be entertained by pickles? Do you Why want, are you here? Do you want to have a pickle party? Yeah, let's do it! <laughs> Bradley has new pickle news. If you did not hear the show yesterday, at 2 o'clock or the third hour, please download the podcast. The first part is him just releasing his inner pickle love. My inner pickle love. I mean, the guy loves My anything pickles. Do you pickle lobster? Have you ever done that? No, but you probably could. I guess you could. You like ceviche? Yes. So what's up with pickles? Okay, I know you guys are like, why are we talking about pickles again two days in a row? I have no problem. Because, I love it. Because I love oh, here pickles. Goes. But seriously, <laughs> we got off the air yesterday and we spent a lot of time talking about <laughs> pickles. In fact, we got B. Arthur, who, by the way, hates pickles. Okay, she doesn't hate them. But they're, she's like... Was that pains to point out that they're not her thing, right? Yeah, she doesn't like them. And then we proceeded to have, like, what, a half-hour conversation about pickles? So it was like, oh, interesting. Anyway, um, it just tells you how much the world loves pickles. As I left that conversation, Dawn, I went over into the little studio cubbyhole that I was hiding away in, Mm -hmm. and I opened up the Internet, and I'm not kidding you when I say one of the first stories that popped up in my feed was Gedney Foods. The creator of the Minnesota Pickle. A story from yesterday that was published right here at MinPost about the history of pickles in Minnesota. I was like, it's like they were listening. They couldn't have been listening because the story published before the same day that we did the story. So I'm not stupid. However, I thought the timing was perfect and I learned something. And let's put the show link or let's put the link in the show links post if we can for this article, because it will tell you about the history of Gedney Pickles or Gedney Foods, which is most, I think, notable for, you know, their pickle love. And I actually learned something that they it was all the way. Do you know that Gedney Pickles goes all the way back to like 1880? Actually, it's earlier than that. But they came to Minnesota in 1880 where uh, Mr. Pickle opened up the Gedney Pickling Company with his five sons. And for the next, like, well over 100 years, into the year 2000s, they've been making pickles and all sorts of things. I mean, even uh, including but not limited to horseradish sauce, Tabasco pepper sauce, Worcestershire sauce, jams, and jellies. And, of course, their most, I think, well-known item, the State Fair Pickle! If you had to communicate... Just with the word pickle for the rest of your life, no other words could you do it. Pickle, pickle, pickle. Pickle, pickle, pickle.
Pickle. Pickle! Yeah, yeah, of course you I could. could. I think it, you would really, yeah. if there's one word you, you like, like to say. You like saying Yeah, you say do it, like Donna. to say that it that way. Say it. Pickle. No, it's pinkle. Why is it pinkle? I don't know. It's just fun to say. Try is it. Is it fun to hear, though? <laughs> That's the question. Oh, are you being a pickle puss? <gasps> oh, no. Are you being a sour pickle puss? Yep. Okay. Sure am. Um, no. But uh, those are the favorite in my home. What are? Gedney pickles. Oh, okay. Well, any particular variety of Gedney pickles? Well, I think the, st- I mean, we get, we have usually like three different types. We have pickle chips, which are all dill. Okay. You know, you've got little mini gherkin Gedneys. I love have, mini gherkins. And then um, you, we have spears. I like we working have, a gherkin. Um, that is another oh. unexpected Working a gherkin. You never heard that phrase. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. It's just getting your pickle on. <laughs> what? You guys, seriously. It's just a cucumber with some vinegar and spices. I know. What's the hardest thing about making pickles? Because you make them. There's really not anything hard about it. It's pretty easy. In fact, I think people over complicate it and get freaked out whenever you say you pickle they're like oh god my grandma used to do that that's hard how do you do all that it's not hard it's so easy vinegar some spices you boil it up on the stovetop cut up some pickles or shove them in a jar pour the liquid on top water bath can them if you want or stick them in the fridge it don't matter you can have refrigerator pickles okay because most people don't need you know a six-month supply of pickles i just think here's the deal you guys i spend twenty dollars on a bushel of pickles or cucumbers and I got pickles all year instead of buying. I don't know if you've okay, wow look, done the math. Are you serious? This is how cheap I am, and I'm not cheap in other things. Trust, I waste money all over the place sometimes. But have you been to the grocery store lately? Yes. Have you ever tried to like? When, do you look at the price of things? Like you look at the price no, of like a jar of pickles, and you're like, who? I, kind of, is I there gold spent, dust in these pickles? Yeah. It's shocking how little food you can get for $100. But I can take a Saturday afternoon, and I got pickles all year, and I ain't paying $6 a jar. For $20, you can go to the farmer's market and get $20 worth of cucumbers, and you are set for the I mean, year? you know, re- like within reason. It just depends on, you know, once you got to buy the jars, and you got to have all the stuff. Oh, but yeah. Once I'm you saying have, aside from that. Yeah, yeah. For me, long term, it's just it makes sense. Yeah, that's for those really kinds great. of things. Yeah. Same with jams and jellies, man. You ever oh. try to buy like preserves, and then like you'll find other people make jams and jellies, and they get real precious with their prices. Again, I could just spend an afternoon, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's that is actually I know how to do that because my mom does it. And that's hard for pickles. years. Uh, jams and jellies are way harder. You than think pickles. so? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. She she only did like cinnamon pickles, like I said yesterday. They didn't really do any mm-hmm. other pickles, but yeah, jams and jellies because we had so many fruit trees. Because jams and, and jellies, you got to know, like you got it. It's a lot. It's a lot. Is it? I don't <laughs> think it's a lot, but no, you got to know. know, like if you like how much you got to find a good recipe, yeah. and then you got to know, like when you're. It's not hard once you get in the habit of it, but most people aren't in the habit of it, so it takes. It's a learning curve in a way that, like, you can pickle anything. Once you get a good brine, you can just, I mean, you got to be careful and have a recipe and be careful not to. See, he, you're saying careful. I'm it's just saying so there, are, there are rules, but uh, but essentially you're just pouring a bunch of vinegar over stuff. What's the biggest rule? 
biggest rule? You said there are rules. What's the rule well, that you can't Well, if you're going to have create things that are shelf stable, yeah. then you have to pay attention to the acidity level. If you're going to water bath can versus pressure can, most people aren't going to go to the effort or expense of pressure canning. So that means water bath. If you're going to water bath can, that means it has to be a high acidic food, which means pickles. Yeah. Anything with lots of vinegar or lots of acid in the food item. Mm, right, right. Or a tremendous amount of sugar, which is why jams and jellies often are easy to water bath can. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah. Yes. And that would mean to seal, the, it creates a seal by putting the jar into a water bath and then you can it and put the... That's one way to do on. it. That's... You can also do it in the oven. There's a whole method for dry, like you, uh, oh. you put stuff in the oven, get it real hot, pour the stuff in the hot jars and then... My mom always had a boiling pot of water, mm-hmm. and she would That's like the dip common. the thing, and then it's, she had tongs, you and then it was process. the pouring of it, mm-hmm. and yeah, yep. Well, fun times. You well, gotta be really prepared if if anything goes really south with pickles. Yeah, yesterday I was getting ready to put. Um, I'm doing some uh, jam this week, and so I was getting everything ready. And Jamie's like, "What? What are you doing? This is going to take you so love much this work." Process. And I was like, "Look, when the stuff hits the fan." We're going to eat good That's for right. about six months. You're a doomsday Then prepper. I don't know what's happening. All bets are off. But Just at least. Bu- and then buy a carton of cigarettes. Are, and then you can yeah, trade for jam girl, after that. Look. Be like, look, I got Siggy still. I just I'll be trading six my pickles. You'll get a whole Siggies bunch of jam. Some and a lady steak. will be like, I need Siggies. Yeah. Yep. And I'll throw in a loaf of bread if you give me some, you know, sweet tarts or some Twix bars. <laughs> right, right. Or batteries yeah. for your flashlight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just want to mention it is National Pickleball Day today as well. Thank you. So wow. Just wanted to drop that in. Oh, my in. God. I didn't know Pickles had balls. Drop it in. Hey, oh. Mike, thank you so much for that <laughs> opportunity to segue into our next segment. Yeah. Which is all about handbags. So from pickles to handbags. Put a pickle in your handbag. Uh, we'll be talking oh. about pickle purses. Don't put... Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like putting a pickle in a handbag. When we come back right here on My Talk. Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1. Hey, guys. Um, we have to talk about celebrity handbags, people that can afford to wear a car or a house on their arm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, some of these are more than the value of, well, I mean, my first car was less than $1,000. Girl, so, don't you know even get saying? me started. Don't even get me started. But it's a good thing you did. Why? Because we have three hours to talk every day. <laughs> yes. And if we didn't get started, Mike would just sit over there and push random buttons. Oh, my gosh. Let's do that one day. Uh, Mike. I have done, I've done nothing to bring the cat. I've Love your new cat pervert shirt, by the way, Mike. We'll get oh, into that later. Oh, yeah, yeah. First, though, I want to revisit a story. I've got two celebrity handbag stories. Who knew? I want to get to a story that we started with last week, I believe, that Jennifer Lopez was carrying around a Birkin, uh, what did I call it? A Birkin, Birkin Schmirkin mm-hmm. bag that retails for a hundred and some thousand, valued at over 300,000, the price of most homes in the Twin Cities, the average home, yeah, probably. Yeah, if you can find one. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for that. Uh, um, but no big deal. J-Lo just goes to the gym with a house on her wrist. So we we kind of poked fun. We poked fun at that. Now, wait a minute. Someone else was carrying around a Birkin before that. Kim Kardashian. Kim. Yeah. And J-Lo, not to be outdone by Kim. She was like, was I, like I'm rich, too. Not only can I go somewhere with a house on my wrist. Why is it share? Uh, <laughs> I can 
I can go to like no big deal the gym and yeah. put it in my locker. I'm going to go work out on well, this body that makes me lots of money so I can afford this house on my arm. I have very exciting news for you. Yes. Do you know what it is? No. Jennifer Lopez listens to this show. Do you know how I know that? Because I'm just, I, it was a question you would know the answer to, but yeah. I'm going to pretend for the listener's sake you didn't know. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez listened to that episode wherein we chastised her for carrying a house on her wrist to the gym. Whenever people are about to lose their homes in a writer's and actor's strike. Thank you. You have Thank a house you. on your arm. Thank you. Be more aware. Thank you. Your husband is an actor director. And you're, anyway, she listened to the episode and then she sent me a note and said, you guys, I'm really sorry. It was on Instagram. Calm oh, down. You okay. don't know. And you wrote, are you in my DMs? <laughs> no, I wrote I'm not what? in your DMs. <laughs> you wrote on my what? Um, no, no, go on. I don't know. I don't know what I said. 700 and you are in my DMs because we send videos back and oh, forth. That's true. 700. She decided to opt on a most recent trip, not for her $300,000 bag, but a $735. See, I can't even say the words because I don't have that many. Uh, $735 cream colored Jackamoose Le Chiquito Moyenne. What the heck is that? Jackamoose? It's like a That's something I don't ever want to yeah. do. <laughs> What did you say, Don? It's a what now? It's like a jackalope. You know? I don't want to do that either. Uh, <laughs> Jack, what? What is that? Do you know what that fancy thing is? Jacques. <laughs> Probably some oh. designer's name, right? Oh, I feel bad now. Oh, it's that Neiman Marcus. You can get it. But here's what I think is even funnier. <laughs> she traded bags. She downgraded, right? So that she appeared for more of the people. Sure. Will you please look at this handbag? Yeah. This $735 blah, blah, blah French <laughs> bag that I can't pronounce. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. You want to tell can't the audience? Fit you can't even put a pack of ciggies in that her purse. Her hand is bigger than this purse. And she's holding her phone in her hand because she can't fit it in the purse. She's like, fine, if I have to carry it's a like cheap a, purse. It's basically a, a little thing for her keys. What else could... Lipstick? She's not driving. Someone's driving her. Um, I don't even it, think you could fit like... Hopefully it's some Band-Aids for when she falls down <laughs> in those damn shoes. Oh, no. What are you doing going after Look the shoes? Look at those stripper oh, shoes she has. Yeah, on. those are real popular right now. I heard that Again. stripper shoes are happy. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. 
Find Reese's now at a store near you. Having a whole comeback. Great. Well, I'm not going to uh, deform my feet anymore. No. For the pleasure of people looking at my legs. Thank you. I'm done. Thank you. I usually wear just flats now. I have a small heel because it's not good for you. We don't want you to be in them bunions. And it's scary. I mean, have you... Well, actually, you probably have walked in those. Plenty of times. Yeah. In fact... I could run in them. More than actually, I would imagine, many millennial women. Yeah. Who never wore heels like that. Yeah. Um, My foot has gone back to the shape. Why I know that. My foot's gone back to the shape. Um, but anyway, be. the purse for the audience that ha- doesn't have uh, radio vision. God, this is even dumber than the, the purse is so- literally the size of a, a compact mirror with like a little handle. I just thought that was hilarious. It was She's like, fine. Just with her she has finger. seen that you criticized her for her big ass spendy bag. She's so like, she you don't got, like that like, purse? Fine, I'll carry a little purse. Is the point like, I, I, you want me to have a less expensive purse? This is all it can hold. I must have a large bag. Now, it's not just Jennifer Lopez. Let's not be unfair. She does listen to the show. Thank you, honey, for listening. Feel free to reach out and let us know if we did a better job on this story. But also, Kevin Costner's wife, she has been in handbag news, handbag headlines. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner's estranged wife goes to bank with a $5,000 Prada purse after begging for more child support. Begging. I think this is the tabloid's way of saying... You have that purse? Come on. She shouldn't ask for more money because she got an expensive purse. Well, let me tell you something. When you're raising five kids or however many many kids she popped out with him, you sell that bag for five grand and you have, you know, a couple weeks worth of food. So what what are you going to do? Wait, I don't know what you're telling. Are you telling her she should sell her bag instead of asking for more? Absolutely not. She should not sell the bag. She has a lifestyle to uphold. That's why she gets to have a huge house. Well, yeah. We're supposed to, like, $5,000 bag, based on the Jennifer Lopez, Kim Kardashian standard, she's of the people. Absolutely. That's a very low $5,000. What is that for a handbag? It's really... You probably got a $5,000 handbag, Dawn. Me? (laughs) Please. I don't know. I absolutely do not have a $5,000 handbag. But I have seen some of our sales representatives walking around with them here. So I think we're on the wrong side of the business, y'all. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, maybe they'll appear on another episode of uh, Handbag <laughs> Chat on my talk. Handbag Hags. No, we're not calling it Handbag Hags. <laughs> but when we come yeah, back, we have a pickle pervert. Pickle pervert. <laughs> pickle pervert. It's cat pervert. When we come back, we have a very special guest joining us. Uh, we'll tell you all about it when we return right here on My Talk. One. Hey, My Talkers. Bradley here for my good friends at your boat club. We really have had a lot of fun this summer with your boat club. And truly, when I told Jamie I wanted to spend more time on the water this summer, he looked at me funny and was like, Who's going to be driving the boat? And I said, I'm going to be driving the boat. And thanks to my friends at your boat club, I've been able to do just that. And they made it so easy. From orientation to our first day out on Lake Waconia, your boat club took care of everything. And whether you've been on the water many times or not at all, your boat club can get you there. Their team is friendly. The boats are a dream. They have 30 locations across the state, as well as Wisconsin and Illinois. Every trip is a new adventure. 
So there's plenty of time left to enjoy on the water this summer. Give your family the gift of fun with your boat club. Head to yourboatclub.com today. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. People, not live props. It's time we demand better for the unscripted entertainment industry. That is the positioning statement for an organization called You Can. And it was started by a couple of contestants from Love is Blind. If you didn't hear the show yesterday at this time, we talked to Nick Thompson, one of the members of this organization and cast member of Love is Blind. And then today we have the pleasure of talking with Jeremy Hartwell, who currently has a lawsuit against uh, Love is Blind, the producers. Thank you for joining the show, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you uh, for joining us and talking about things that you went through personally in the experience of Love is Blind Season 2. Can you kind of sum up for people what your experience was like? Sure. So um, I went on, again, I was on Love is Blind Season 2, although unlike Nick, who you talked to yesterday, a lot of your uh, listeners might not know who I am. I only had about 20 seconds of airtime on the first episode. But that doesn't mean uh, I wasn't put through the ringer. In fact, there were a whole bunch of cast members that didn't get very much airtime at all. But we all went through the same experience. And for me personally, it was really marked by just a lot of deception, manipulation, and gaslighting from the very first day of the casting process, which for me lasted for over a year. But then it just it escalated rapidly as soon as we started filming and we started production. And I think the really important thing to keep in mind is the stuff that we experienced, the things that we went through, these were never communicated to us ahead of time. These are things that weren't in the contract that we signed. And Mm. on top of that, they put us in a position to where we really were unable to leave for a lot of different reasons. And so you're put in that situation. It really has a very powerful effect on, on everybody from an emotional standpoint, from a mental standpoint. And once you're done, you get back into the real world. You have to try to figure out how to um, integrate that and figure out how, like, what that means for the rest of your life and what that means for you as an individual. Um, and it's, it, it, it's a very, like, it, it definitely affects you coming out of these shows in a, in a very negative way. Now, Jeremy, can you, you know, you mentioned that you maybe didn't have a ton of airtime, but it clearly had an effect on you and your life afterward. Can you talk about, and even, you know, beyond yourself, because you you have uh, connected with a lot of other people who've gone through this experience, how life after and once the show airs continues to have an effect on your ability to, you know, live your life and actually, you know, go into the world uh, going forward? Yeah, it's a great question. And I want to be clear that, you know, this is all my personal opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. But having said that, talking to other cast members, talking to crew, talking to production, there's been nothing but affirmations of this. Right. So, you know, do I have do I have direct evidence of this? Uh, No. (laughs) And I I, I want to be clear because, you know, there's I've made enemies. Right. And they'll latch on to anything they possibly can to come after me. But um, these these opinions of mine are well validated by dozens of other people, so um, I feel confident saying them. But it's the reason why it's so destructive is because they put into place very sophisticated psychological manipulation techniques. Mm. And the reason why they do this is when when they're casting, right? Even before they're casting, they create a mold of the archetype that they want for the show 
you know, if it's a dating show, they create an archetype for the kind of relationships they want to follow. And so they create a mold, everything from physical characteristics to mental characteristics, relative attractiveness, whatever it is, right? There's this profile that they've created well in advance of casting. And so when they cast, they're looking for people who come close to that mold. But the key is the mold never changes, right? Yeah. They just try to find people that they can force into that mold throughout the course of production to get what they want in the end. And so that requires some very sophisticated psychological manipulation. And they take the pages right from the Stanford Prison Experiment, right from the Milgram Experiment, which, um, you know, if your viewers or your listeners are interested, they're fascinating um, topics and discussions of psychological experiments in the 60s that really changed the face of psychology to protect um, to protect the volunteers who signed up for these because they were so horrible. But it, it just talks about how easily people are manipulated for based on authority and um, how easily we just follow along with mm-hmm. social structures and with with uh, group group and mindset and those kinds of dynamics. Right. So they use these kind of tactics to manipulate you. And I, I think you know, you combine that with the things like sleep deprivation, food deprivation, water deprivation, just completely removing any sense of autonomy that you have down to we couldn't even use the bathroom on our own. Right. The bathroom was a trailer outside of the set. And, you know, they're, you know, they're <laughs> with all the alcohol they were giving us, um, you know, everyone knows how that works. And there were definitely periods where I asked to use the bathroom in, in like a desperate way but wasn't allowed to for hours. And they would say, Oh, well, you're, you know, you're, you have filming coming up soon in a pod or something like that. Right. Um, so the level of autonomy they take away from you, it's, it's deliberate, right? They want yes. you reliant on, you know, again, my opinion, they want you reliant on everything for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And they want, they want, they want them to be the ultimate authority figure in your life while you're there, because that makes you more malleable and more, um, more able to be manipulated into whatever they want. Wow. This and, is... and so I think, I think the, the wrap up there, the conclusion is like, look, when, when you come out of a circumstance like that, and we, we live our lives with this sense of we have free will, um, we have autonomy over ourselves, we will generally act in our own best interests. Um, you know, we can't, our, our minds can't be hijacked, our thoughts can't be hijacked. And then you come out of this and you reintegrate into normal life and you realize, and you know, this is my personal experience, but others have said the same. When, when you realize how easily you are manipulated and when you realize that individuals um, did this to you without you realizing it at mm. the time. Mm, um, right. Because, because that's the point of manipulation. If you knew it was happening, it's not manipulation. But um, it destroys your sense of self completely. <laughs> because you start questioning reality, you start questioning everything you've ever done in your entire life, and like ha- how much have I been manipulated? And you start you you lose. I mean, you become very um, pessimistic about other people's intentions and how you've been manipulated in the past. It just it destroys for me. It it destroyed my entire worldview, and it destroyed my entire sense of self. And I've had. You know, I've had to work with a therapist to rebuild that, um, which, thankfully, I have in a positive way, but... Have It sounds like to me, uh, from a perspective of my own, I was in a, an emotionally and sometimes physically abusive relationship at one point mm-hmm. in my life. And it sounds similar. You come out of it feeling like I'm 
uh, an intelligent, um, I thought I was an intelligent person who would never let something like this happen to me. But when you're in the moment, you don't even realize it's happening and how much you're being manipulated and the after effects of that. It just sounds like, uh, unfortunately, like you're a victim of abuse. Oh, that's 100%. You you hit the nail on the head. And it's a really good analogy. I've also heard people, um, you know, have analogies to it being in a cult, essentially, the Mm. way they manipulate you and and try to bring you on their side. Um, You know, there's uh, trauma bonding with the abusers. Mm. Um, There's, you know, it's not, I guess it's not, I I learned this later from our, uh, one of our founding board members, Dr. Isabel, but uh, you, you, when you the the bonding we had with other cast members is not technically trauma bonding, but it's it's bonding under stress and under tension. Um, and so you were for desperate for reasons. like connection with other people since they isolated you. It really worked to their advantage because they want people for the purpose of the show to fall in love with somebody without seeing them. So when you're put in a state where you are isolated and you're under such stress, of course you would be in a state where that would be easier for you to do. Well, yeah. And they're, they're making use Which of serves their purpose, right? So, so like imagine throughout and whether, you know, regardless of your beliefs, imagine there's a time in the past when we were more focused on survival, right? So if your body is in a state where it's not sleeping, it's not getting enough food, it's not getting enough water, um, it's just under constant stress and pressure. All it's thinking is like, I'm in a bad survival situation. And the best, the best way to survive is to band together with others. So mm-hmm. psychologically, you become far more open to making like, you do make like deep, powerful connections because that's, that is your survival mechanism saying, Hey, we need to work we together need each other. in, in a power, right. If we want to survive, right. Mm-hmm. Because it literally thinks it's going to die. That like your body doesn't know the difference between a literal survival issue and what you're put through on these shows. It's the same thing. And so again, my opinion is I, a rational person would, would imagine that that's a deliberate thing they do, given the means, the ends they're trying to get to. Jeremy, I just want to take a moment in the last uh, uh, little bit that we have left here to just let our yeah. listeners know again, we're talking to Jeremy Hartwell, and you are currently uh, suing Netflix and their producers, charging them with, you know, in addition to a bunch of labor law violations um, I just want to know for you, what what are you hoping that this lawsuit is going to do, not just in your particular case, but perhaps more generally for the industry? Because that's a lot of what we've been paying attention to in the wake of the SAG after strike and writer strike is this attention, rightly so, I believe, for those in uh, positions like you were in as reality uh, star contestants and essentially you know, performers in your own right. What are you hoping that this lawsuit is going to provide? Well, the short answer is I'm hoping it provides justice, right? Because that's what that's what the law that's what the law is for. That's why we have lawsuits in place. That's why someone like me has an ability to sue a multi-billion-dollar company like Netflix. Um, so, and I want to be very clear: the lawsuit and the UCAN Foundation are entirely separate in right. every possible way, yeah. right? Even even in terms of their inceptions and their thoughts, like the the UCAN Foundation, um, I didn't even think of it until after the lawsuit was filed. Right? It wasn't, you know, there's 
they're not linked in any way. And I think that's, it's really important to convey that, but they, they serve similar purposes, right? So when, if, if, if you're wronged, the general reaction people have is one, I want to get judged. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, Hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to download the new Bumble now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And two, I want to prevent this from happening to other people, mm, right? right? Let's say you're carjacked or something, right? Like, first of all, you want to find those responsible. But secondly, you want to like... You know, a lot of people would want to figure out, okay, how do we prevent this from happening again in the future? So the a lawsuit is really only good for the justice aspect, right? What it's trying to do is it's trying to um, assess damages and make make the victims whole for something that has already happened. it's It's not quite as good at changing like changing things for the better so this doesn't happen in the future, right? So talking specifically about the lawsuit, it does hinge entirely on labor law violations. Mm, and and the, right. reason, the reason why we went that route is because if we decided to go along with torts or uh, allegations of abuse, it gets caught up in their arbitration clauses and it never makes it into the public eye. Right, ah, right, um, right, right. From, so you have to go the labor from, law route. Yes. Right. So be, be, because, you know, if you if you if if you allege, as we did, um, that they violated California labor law with our classification as contract employees, it, it's just, it, now you're saying you're violating a state law. So it doesn't fall under the arbitration clause immediately, which means we can then get it out into the public eye. And like the publicity part of this, letting the public know what was happening was, for me, an important aspect of this justice part, because... So many times they've been allowed to sweep these these issues under the rug and it can't like I felt very strongly that it could not keep happening. Right. Right. Something had to be something had to change. Something had to be different. So, the, you know, we turned the focus away from uh, alleges of abuse to mm-hmm. um, allegations of labor law violations. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and bringing to light. We always want to uncover the truth. We, truth. We are um, entertainment, an entertainment station, but it goes beyond just talking about celebrity gossip. We want to know the yeah. truth behind things. So, Jeremy, thank you so much, and uh, good luck sure. to you. If, we'll if be I following just, your story. Say one, yeah, if I could just say one last thing. Sure, sure, um, real quick. If, if you're interested, we would love for anyone to follow us at youcanfoundation.org. We are a nonprofit. Right now, we're all volunteer. But donations are really, really important as we look to ramp up. What I like to say is if if everybody just donated one month's worth of their Netflix subscription. Three podcasts. 
My Talkers. Bradley here for my good friends at Alight. This month, I've been joining my friends at Alight to thank Minnesotans who've made their humanitarian work around the world possible. And it really, truly is around the world. And the world, frankly, is full of potential and possibility for some of us. But others continue to need our help. And, you know, Alight, since 1979, has been working with people just like you to help those who've been displaced find a way forward. And right now, Alight is allowing uh, an opportunity for you to help sponsor refugee families or individuals in order to walk alongside them as they build a new life in the United States. Sponsorship is truly a life-changing act of service. I've seen it firsthand. The work people are doing is changing lives. And that work continues. Uh, And there's an opportunity for you to get involved. Head to wearealight.org today to find out how you can support that work. And thank you. Talk to me, Bradley. Talk to me. About what? Well, there's a movie called Talk to Me that I saw this weekend. Oh, yeah. You saw a movie this weekend. It is. It was, you know, I, I we just started to hear more and more things about it that were good. It, to me, the trailers don't do it justice. We saw the trailer a lot for whatever reason uh, when we went to the movie. And it's a, it is a horror movie. It's a thriller. Did this just come out? It just, well, I wouldn't say just came out. I'm not sure when it came out. Um, Looks like July 28th. Okay, so yeah. To me, like two weeks is, is it seems like an eternity. Yeah, it's been out for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's been a lot in theaters. I don't know if you've noticed. Exactly, lately. right. So it kind of got overshadowed. Maybe. You saw that this weekend. I sure did, yes. So we just kept seeing on Reddit and in, you know, entertainment blogs, uh, my boyfriend and I, we saw like, people raving about it and um it really is a story about these friends who the imdb describes it uh, discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand and then they become hooked on this thrill and then it goes too far so the the trailer is a little bit freaky. it's definitely visual so we're not going to play it but um so the story surrounds a girl who the the filmmakers really fought for to cast as the main role of Mia. Her name is Sophie Wilde, and she's amazing. She's sort of an unknown. This is an Australian movie. The filmmakers are brothers, and they did a great job. Uh, And I will say before the movie, if you go to Alamo, they show like a 20, 15-minute thing about them, and you're so on their side because they're indie filmmakers and it shows like some of their old films that they made when they were in high school all the way through their their deal with A24. Mm. And it's like a mini documentary. And before the movie starts, by the time you watch that, you're like, oh, my God, I am so rooting for this to be good. It's yeah. kind of genius. Well, that's adorable. It's it a nice little feel good story. I mean, they're like so energetic. And when they get entered into in the little mini documentary. When they find out that they're have been accepted, they've been accepted to Sundance. It's like they call every actor. They're on the phone. People are crying. They're jumping up and down. Like it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, this is what I want. You know, we want people like this to have their work recognized. So going in already, you're like, I'm in, I'm in. And the acting is great. Um, it really does the main character without any spoilers here, but uh, in the trailer, this is no new news. Her mother has passed away. 
at one point in her life, maybe like a year before, and she's dealing with the aftermath of that. She's a she's a high school student. Um, her dad has been struggling, you know, in his own way with trying to the relationship is broken. And so she's desperate to, you know, have that connection again with her mom. And that fuels the story, really. She becomes obsessed with trying to talk to her mom again. And you have to good you have to have a good storyline like that to push through something that could just be like a sensational like little trope you know so it has a really good foundation as a script and you really care about her and what she's going through it also is just unusual in the fact that you can tell they took risks with the script that a studio probably wouldn't you know uh like she has a relationship with her best friend but also in all of this, it's really kind of mixed up that she kind of has a crush on her best friend's boyfriend who mm-hmm. she used to date. And so it's borderline like flirtatious and just like you're like, oh, God. So that's kind of looming there. And they do work that into what happens to her. And then like that is a unique plot point that I was like, huh, you just don't see that a lot. It's usually pretty linear with like we have a heroine and she can do no wrong. You know, it's very like black and white. This person is good or bad. And then we have to help them get out of this mess. And this was sort of like shades of gray when it mm. comes to her personality. Wow. In so the movie. Yeah. So it sounds like a little deeper than just, you know, your typical scary movie. Yeah. And it was scary. Like it is scary, like gross, scary, or it's just gross, like... scary. It's shocking. It's jump scares, but also the feeling of dread. Mm-hmm. So you've got the combination of all those good, you know, like if it's not a campy horror movie, you know, um, some pretty like Mike, I don't think you could make it through this. Mike doesn't like any type of like blood. <laughs> um, but yeah, cause it is gory at times. Um, but then you also have such a feeling of like, don't do it again, because she keeps trying to reconnect with her mom that's yeah. passed away. All right. And the name of the movie again is it's called Talk to Me. And, and it's in theaters now. So people is. can still go see this if they want to. Yeah, they can. And, uh, you know, I don't endorse Alamo, but call me. No, <laughs> but it really does that little documentary. I can't find it online. And I think it was made specifically for Alamo theaters. So the documentary about the filmmakers you'll see before you watch the film, and that'll really get you excited for what they have in store for you. All right. Um, I mean, there's where everybody's always looking for something to go see in the theaters, yeah. especially if they've already seen all the big stuff. Yeah. Right? This might be something uh, that they have yet to see. When we come back here on The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, Unsolved Mysteries of the Unknown. Do you believe in the Loch Ness Monster? <gasps> well, you don't have to believe in it. It might actually be true. What? Well, we're going to find out whether it is when we come back right here on My Talk 1071.